Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Unlimited NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Jackson Young, and I'm here with my co-host, Owen Smith. And for tonight's episode, we have a returning guest, uh, Alex Fernando, is here uh, to talk with Owen and I. Alex, how are you doing tonight? Howdy, howdy. Uh, how was the week uh, Week 9 for you? Did you watch any games? I did, yeah. I was. Uh, I watched a lot of them. I thought Week 9 was pretty good. There was some, there was some good games, some upsets, uh, uh, some some games that I certainly didn't predict would go that way. And I'm excited to talk and break it down. Um, it was a great weekend of football, and that's that's one thing that you can always ask for in November. For sure. One, Not to be a nitpicker, but it was Week 10. Just, just, just pointing that out. I, I, for every week, I get it wrong. Yeah, no, no not a big deal. <laughs> I, I would um, put in the uh, podcast notes on the transistor that what week it is and all that. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I agree. I think honestly think there were like seven, six or seven games that came down to a game winning field goal. So in terms of like entertainment is one of the better, better, it's probably the best week of the season. Like a lot of close games um, got up to a rough start with uh, bears Panthers on Thursday night. Uh, but like, other than that, like a lot of, a lot of these games, came down to the wire and it was very entertaining. Yeah, it, it was. It was it felt like every game in that 12 p.m. window was competitive and I had my I had my laptop on, my phone on and my TV on watching the Browns, Ravens, the Texans, Bengals and the uh uh the other 12 uh Saints and Vikings, I think. Yeah. Um the witching the, if any of you watch Red Zone, you know the witching hour, like that was probably the craziest witching hour of the season. Uh, <laughs> what, hopefully like the, Hopefully, uh, it's a sign of things to come for the rest of the last eight weeks, the regular season uh, and the postseason. So very, very uh, fun to watch. Um, but we'll kind of go into our like headline from week 10. Uh, so we'll start off with um, a team that did not have a good week 10. That was the Buffalo Bills, who lost in pretty embarrassing fashion to the Broncos last night. Uh, the, they So what happened is the Bills went down for a go-ahead touchdown. Josh Allen ran for a touchdown. And the Broncos were driving down the field. They got a pass interference penalty. And the Broncos were out of timeouts, so they had to rush their field goal unit on the field. And they got their field goal unit on, but like it was, it was kind of disorganized, and the Broncos missed the field goal. But the Bills had too many men on the field, so the Broncos got another chance, and they made it, and the Bills lost. And they are now five and five. Uh, and I, I don't think many people would have predicted that at this point in the season. So, um, kind of leads begs the question do you think the bills are in trouble of missing the playoffs because i look at the rest of their schedule they play the jets next week that's a winnable game but like if you look at the rest of their schedule they have the eagles and then they're by and then they have the chiefs cowboys chargers patriots dolphins so like there are a lot of tough games there um so, Jack, I'll just kind of let you handle this one. Um, how how much trouble? Because we've talked about this throughout this talked about this throughout the season. Like when the Bills lost the Patriots, when they lost the Bengals last week. Like, are you more panicked about them now at this point? Uh, yeah, I was. I'm more panicked than I am last week because I thought they would handle the Broncos and they they would win by a touchdown. Um, I don't know what is going on with their offense and. They they fired their offensive coordinator this morning. I don't know if you yeah I forgot, to, I forgot to mention that yeah yeah they fired Ken Dorsey this morning. So I'm not sure who's taking over. Maybe it's Joe Brady is taking it is, over. It is Joe Brady. Yes. Yeah. So maybe he'll provide some sort of a spark, but that's not a good sign to having to be to be switching your offensive coordinators 
this late in the season. And I'm, I am pretty nervous about their chances to make playoffs. And you and I looked at their schedule going forward and they're going to be lucky to be 500, to be honest. And they're going to be even more lucky to go five and two, which is what, what record they need. They would need to make it to the playoffs at uh, 10 and seven. They need, they need to go five and two to get to double digit wins this season. Yeah. That's going to be tough considering they have some tough games left, but I, I still have like lingering hope in Josh Allen that he, he can carry this offense and figure it out because he's just too talented to struggle for too long. And I said it last week that I was worried about his turnover problems and they keep rearing it. They keep rearing the ugly head and I don't know what he can do to fix that at this point. I feel like that's just something that Bills fans are going to have to live with. You know, he's going to turn he's going to turn the ball over at least once or twice a game. Just going to come down to if their defense can make plays and, and figure it out. Because it's not like their defense is playing at a high level either. Their defense is playing okay. They've been playing okay all year, but it's it's an interesting spot for them because in the last four or five years, this is. This is really the only place that they've been in danger of not making playoffs. You know, usually at this time of year, the Bills are fighting for high seeding not to get in the playoffs. So it should be interesting to see what they can do going forward. But I'm not I've not lost all hope in them yet. Okay, Uh, Alex, uh, what's your Jack? Is is that is that kind of your stance? Like you're very worried, but you're you're not completely out yet. Not yet. Okay, Alex, what's your take on the Bills? Are they going to make or miss the playoffs? They're fine. I I get the worry. I get the chaos with firing your OC, the like the turnovers that Josh Allen and the offense have had. The defense hasn't been playing up to par. You look at them, they're one game back in the division and they already have a head-to-head win over Miami. You look at the rest you look at the rest of the AFC and the AFC North is probably the strongest division there because they got Baltimore 7 and 3, we're going to talk about them. Steelers and Browns both both at 6 and 3, Bengals are on the rise with 5 and 4. So you got that division, but the rest of it's the Jaguars, Houston's starting to look kind of interesting like a like a dangerous team. And then you have the Chiefs, but the Chargers have a lot of work to do. The Texans have a lot of work to do if they want to make in the playoffs. The Jets, if they're going to have any chance. Like, there's a lot of open spots, and the Bills are not that far back. So I get the I get the panic. I get the issues. And, yeah, they're uh, – like, they're – their schedule doesn't look like the most favorable, but look around their division. Washington or uh, the Dolphins got the Raiders coming up, but then they have back-to-back road games with the Jets and Commanders, both dangerous teams. Then they host the Titans and Jets. They host the Cowboys, Ravens, and and then sorry, host the Cowboys at the Ravens and home for the Bills are their last three games. That's dangerous. So there's plenty of losses coming the Dolphins' way. They have yet to beat a team with a winning record, and that division's still wide open. You can get into the playoffs just by winning that division. Yeah, I kind of so when they when they immediately lost the game, like I had a spur in the moment reaction, said their season's essentially over because Jackson and I talked about this last week. Like if they lose the Broncos, like I'm kind of like throwing them out and saying it's done. Um, but like the, over their last seven games, I see two like likely losses at Philadelphia, at Kansas City. Like the Jets at home, they can win that game. Like you, if they lose now, if they lose the Jets next week, that's kind of when I'm going to throw in the towel. I don't think they will. They have the Patriots. They have the Dolphins in Miami, who they already beat. 
Dallas at home is a tough game, but that big game being at home gives them an advantage. It could uh, also like you don't know what Dallas team you're getting though. You true. Get, it's a it's a long ways. Really away. good Dallas team, or you get the dumpster fire Dallas team. Usually, the really good Dallas team shows up when they're at home against bad teams like the Giants and uh, the Rams. Sorry, Alex. Uh, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> uh, but like you, uh, the Cowboys on the road against like we saw them in the 49ers game weeks back. Like it was just a, it was just a tire fire. So I kind of get your stance there. So I, you also got to look at these losses by the, by the bills, six point loss to the jets, five yeah, point loss to the losses. Jags, four they're point loss to the uh, Patriots, six point loss to the Bengals, two point loss to the Broncos. Like all of these are very, very close tight games. They're within a shot or a play or two every single game. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of openings. It's again, it's just really kind of bringing it together. And I'm not saying the Broncos are a great team, and you definitely don't want to lose to them, but. I think you're starting to see what the Broncos offense and just the team in general is going to be with, um, oh, the head coach, I'm losing it. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, with Sean Payton at the helm, it takes a little bit to get used to a new coach, get in that system and get that rhythm. They're coming back in the second half of the season, starting to beat some teams. They played the Chiefs the other week, knocked them crazy. They played the Broncos, the Bills really tough and end up winning at the end. They're winning those close games and they're starting to figure things out in Denver because they're starting to buy into what Sean Payton wants to do. All right. I, Alex, you kind of convinced me because like before that, I was going to say like it's over. Um, I will say this. They lose the Jets next week at home. It's over. I'm giving them one more chance. I'm giving them one more chance. So this, they're they're kind of playing for their season here on out because they put themselves in a hole. But I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not putting them, burying them yet, which I was kind of ready to do when that game ended last night. So. All you got all you got to do is win the division. You're a game back from Miami, and you have the head-to-head already. Miami's got a tough schedule, just as much as the Bills do. That is very true, and we've seen how the Dolphins have played against teams that are worth anything this year. Exactly. Moving on to another really entertaining game on Sunday, one of many entertaining games, an AFC North uh, battle between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. The Ravens were up twenty-four to nine at one point in the game. The Browns had a great comeback. Deshaun Watson did not throw an incompletion in the entire second half. He played like the guy the Browns hoped he would play like when they traded for him and gave him that contract. Um, A big play in the game was Lamar Jackson throwing a pick six to Greg Newsome. Um, The Browns actually missed the PAT. So the Ravens had the ball back with the lead. They did nothing with it. The Browns got the ball. Watson took him down the field, and they kicked the game winner. The Ravens fall to seven and three. The Browns improve to six and three. Um, so, Alex, I'll, I'll let you kick off with this one. So, Jackson and I had the discussion about whether or not the Ravens were the best team in football last week. We mm. both said no, but we both we kind of agreed they were. You could make a good case they're the best in the AFC. Does this game? I'm not. I'm not trying to like be like a game over like overreact to a certain game because that's silly. Like the NFL season is 18, 18 weeks long. What's your what are your thoughts on these two teams after this game? Because the Browns are like are like the quietest six and three team ever. The Ravens, the Ravens, like that's a that's a pretty bad loss though. You're at home, you have a huge lead. That's that's a tough one to swallow, and they don't have much time to stew over it because they have to turn around and play the Bengals in two days. We'll get to that game here in a bit. So absolutely, what are, yeah. 
I, yeah, what's your main I, take I was here? actually, I know I wasn't on the pod last week, but I was on the, I was on the Ravens being the best team in football. I've been telling people that for about the last three, four weeks. I'm like, watch out for the Baltimore Ravens. Their defense is always solid. They coached very well. Lamar has weapons that are starting to help him out. In um, this game, I think this is where you see some of those, like the pieces are all there. We just need to bring them together. If you're Baltimore, I thought Baltimore was going to really run away with this. When I saw that score, you saw what they did to the lions the other week. And I'm like, this is, this is a Baltimore team that could win the super bowl. That lead that they gave up. That's tricky. Um, I think they need to, they really need to run the ball a little bit more. Lamar was the leading rusher in that game with 41 yards. Uh, use, uh, use Gus, use justice Hill. Like you, I know their main backfield is kind of banged up with Dobbins. Mitchell was like come out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, Keaton Mitchell, like start using your weapons a little bit more in the ground game. Um, that opens up Lamar throwing. I think you have to you have to play action this team. You have to get a lot of focus on that ground game. Uh, the interceptions, there was, I mean, not entirely Lamar Jackson's fault, but partially like with the tip balls and stuff. So. <laughs> Again, I think I think the Ravens will be fine. It's a trick, tricky turnaround with two division teams five days apart. So the Thursday night game will really tell a lot because the Bengals are on the rise. Uh, I think Baltimore gets it done. I really do think Baltimore is one of the best four teams probably in the league. Um, probably maybe even top two. And I think they're going to show that Thursday night. But this this was a tricky game to let them get away. All right, Jack, what's, what's your takeaway from this one? Um, it was, uh, I, I was ready if they were, if they were, uh, if they had held that lead, I was ready to, like Alex said, I was ready to say that they might be the best team in football, you know, beating the Browns by two scores. That's pretty impressive. And no, no team has done that to this point, but the fact that they choked that lead is kind of concerning. Um, you let, a Browns offense that's not really built to come back from a deficit like that come back on you. Um, having said all that, I'm not that worried about them. I do think, like Alex said, that this game, this Thursday, is a huge game, huge divisional game, rivalry game, um, which we'll give our prediction for in a little bit. But um, I agree that the Ravens need to continue to hammer the ball, run the ball, and that's going to open up the passing game and surprisingly enough Odell Beckham caught a touchdown again for the second, second straight week in a row I think it looked looked like vintage vintage Odell doing like caught a slant took it I don't know like 40 yards to the house like that was like 2016 Odell Beckham right there yeah he did he looked explosive which is rare for him but um yeah you keep running the ball and open up that passing game a little bit more and I think they'll be fine. Uh, I still trust Lamar Jackson a lot. Um, but yeah, as for the Browns, um, you can't take too much away from this game. Like, yeah, it's a huge win for them, but I don't think they were ultra impressive or anything like that. I mean, maybe I'm off base with that, but I, I feel like not. they didn't get lucky, but the, the Ravens probably should have like kept that lead and, and figured it out. And uh, I don't think the Browns necessarily deserve to win that game, but they did. So props to them, but a uh, huge win for them. And, and like you said, Owen, they're, they're a very quiet six and three team that is competing for uh bye in the playoffs now. Right. So 
Yeah, they're currently third in the North behind because Baltimore is a game ahead. Oh, that's right. They lost, they lost to Pittsburgh back in week two, and they play each other this week. That's another big game. But um, toughest division in football for sure. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that, those are my thoughts. Okay, so Nothing. honestly, I think the Ravens are fine. That's a terrible loss, but I think they're fine. I still think they can make the Super Bowl. I honestly think this might be more about the Browns than the Ravens. I understand you're down 24 to 9. It's not great. But the Browns defense has been like the best defense in football statistically this season. And Deshaun Watson started the year poorly, but quietly over the last couple of games has like started to look closer to what he was with the Texans. And I think like I said, I mentioned he did not throw a single incompletion in the entire second half of the game against what was a defense that was giving up like 13 points per game. The Ravens defense, the Ravens and the Browns defenses were like, I think the top two defenses in the league going into this game. So I'm going to ask you guys this question. Like, I think this is more about the Browns and the Ravens. What is the Browns ceiling this year? Cause I'll get, I'll let you guys go. And then I'll give kind of give my thoughts on it. Uh, I looked at their schedule, so I wouldn't be able to pick out one of the losses, but with the talent that they have on defense, and if, like you said, Deshaun Watson keeps improving week to week, uh, I do think that they can get to 12 and 6. Uh, oh, I mean, they, have, they have a very manageable schedule. Yeah, I, I'm pulling it up right. So that they're next, they're, they have Pittsburgh at home, at the Broncos, at the Rams, Jacksonville at home. That'll be a tough game. The Bears at home, at Houston. So Watson goes back to Houston, uh, the Jets at home on Thursday night football, and then at Cincinnati. And that that don't be shocked if that game at Cincinnati is like the week the the flexed Sunday night football game because that could be for like who makes the playoffs or not. Uh, so the only like tough games there are Jacksonville, which is at home. I guess Pittsburgh, which is at home. I st- I don't think the Steelers are that good. I don't care what the record Houston is. Houston on the road. Houston on the road. Oh, I, I was going to get there. Houston on the road. Um, I'm going to assume Rodgers is not back for the Jets game, so I'm not going to say that one. And then Cincinnati, obviously. The rest of those games, they should win. So, uh, Alex, like, wh- how far do you think the Browns go this year? Like, realistically, looking at the schedule, looking how Watson's played, and obviously how good their defense is. Um, so, what, what's your kind of take on this whole thing? They're, they're a talented roster. I think without Nick Chubb, that obviously puts a big dent in their ground game, but Ford's oh, picked sure. it up pretty well um, and been able to hold that steady. Defense, offense, they have players, they have playmakers, but it's the Browns. They're always going to coach themselves or find themselves in a situation where they can just flop out of the playoffs. Um, and I, I just can't trust it until I see something otherwise. So they may reach the playoffs. They're going to be competitive. I think the three, I think all these three teams might have a leg up on the Steelers um, in that division, but, and the Steelers probably end up as the bottom feeder in that division, but not by much. Um, We'll see a lot this weekend with the Browns and Steelers, but I don't know. They, there seem like this seems like an easy schedule and I bet there's two or three games in there that we don't think they're going to lose and they lose. Yeah, I kind of get that stance. I think the Browns, I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders because I think that'd be very overreactionary. I think they could win a playoff game. Like, I think they could be a team that if you're like one of like the high end teams, the AFC, the Chiefs, the Ravens, obviously they just beat the Ravens. Um, like, I would not want to play them in the playoffs if they get there. I don't think they're a team that could 
win the win the Super Bowl, but like I think they're going to be a team. They're going to be a tough out. I think they're going to be a team that you look at and you don't exactly look forward to playing against because of that defense. And we'll see how we'll see we'll see where Deshaun is at the end of the year. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like my whole take on that. So we'll kind of go to another AFC North team here that played in another game that was decided by a field goal and lost that game. That is the Cincinnati Bengals losing to the Houston Texans. Uh, The Texans improved to five and four. The Texans would be in the playoffs. If the season ended today, the Bengals fell to five and four. They would be out. If the season ended today, it obviously does not end today. The Bengals, similar to the Ravens coming off a bad loss at home and trying to bounce back on Thursday night football in two days. So, um, Jack, you and I were very heaped all those all that praise in the Bengals last week, only for them to to show out like this. Um, and they were lucky this game was as close as it was because Stroud threw an interception late in the game that allowed the Bengals to kind of get back into it. Uh, a pivotal point was Tyler Boyd dropping a pass in the end zone, oh, that was bad. forcing uh, them to settle for a field goal, and then C.J. Stroud doing what C.J. Stroud seems to do naturally, just effortlessly driving Houston down the field, game-winning field goal, and they win the game. So, uh, um, Jackson, I'll let you kick off this one since Alex started that one. Um, the Bengals, how do you do? You, do you feel how do you feel about them at the moment? Like that's a really bad loss. Is this more actually? Here's a better uh, question: Is this more about the Texans or is it more about the Bengals? I think it's more about the Texans and showing us that they're for real. Like it was a close game. It could have went either way. I would have felt the same about either team, no matter who won. To be honest, um, I just my my confidence is being strengthened in CJ Stroud. You know, uh, becoming a top five quarterback in the league, um, borderline. Um, so he he's this offense. I mean, where would where would this offense be without him? Right? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, sure. I mean, it's easier said than done. Like that's probably the case for most teams in the NFL. But I feel like he's as important to his offense as much as any anybody any any team in the league right now. Uh, because of what he's doing, uh, but he he's so accurate in like his pocket awareness and and how he feels the pocket and stands tall in the pocket and makes accurate throws and incredible yeah pressure and it's, it's just it's crazy like for a guy for a guy who's started nine games has a pretty mediocre offensive cast around him it's it's pretty incredible to watch yeah that is like it is art and I said that to my friends as the game was playing out I'm like. This dude literally looks like Tom Brady in the pocket. I'm serious. Like, <laughs> looks like Tom Brady in the pocket and just standing there and just firing it downfield and making off-platform throws. And and that that Bengals defensive line, they're no slouch, so. No, they're not. That, that is an impressive uh, win for him. Um, as for the Bengals, uh, not really. I don't, I'm not, as you know, I did not panic on them at the beginning of the no. season. Um, I'm kind of the same, you know, I'm on the same, um, take as that right now, but, uh, I think Joe Burrow, he, he looks good. He didn't wow. He He threw two pretty bad interceptions that kind of cost him the game. He made some nice throws, but that's true. But overall, I don't think he was the reason they lost. Like, I don't think, 
yeah, you can't turn the ball over, but at the end of the day, their defense needs to come up with a stop there at the end, like, in my opinion. Um, but I'm still I'm still solid on the Bengals right now. I just – I have too much faith in their offense and their weapons, and their defense is playing okay. Um, but I, I'm still solid on the Bengals and, and what, what they can do going forward. Yeah, like I, I completely agree with you. I think this is more about the Texans than the Bengals. This is still an awful loss for Cincinnati, don't get me wrong. But I think it's worth pointing out, 2021, so two years ago, they were 5-4 and four through their first nine games, and they made the Super Bowl and uh, almost won that Super Bowl. Last year, they were 5-4 and four through their first nine games, and they were a drive away from going back to the Super Bowl, losing a close AFC championship game to the Chiefs. Well, What's their record right now? Five and four. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen again. And I don't think like kind of putting themselves in a hole, which they've done, which like they've been known to do is an ideal way to go. Because like I think one person who knows the NFL really well, the pod, uh, Matt Verderam, who does great work for Sports Illustrated podcasts, the host of podcasts they listen to frequently says the, the NFL is about stacking wins before Thanksgiving. And then after Thanksgiving is when you really like that's when like the season starts, so to speak. It's like well, the, it's like it's like November football in college. Yeah, football. the Bengals kind of do the opposite. Like the Bengals, like they they're zero and two, starting one and three, or two and three, or five and four, and then it kind of they kind of get into desperation mode. And I get it kind of feels like when that that's when they're at their best. So I'm not overly worried about them, um, but I think the Texans are for, for not for not for real in the sense that they're Super Bowl contenders. For real, in the sense they could absolutely make the playoffs. Um, and CJ Stroud, I mean, what more needs to be said? He's the real deal and absolutely showed it in this game against a tough opponent on the road. Uh, Alex, uh, kind of take us home on this one. Texans are a dangerous team. I think the Bengals are much more of a playoff built team. Uh, they have the experience with the coaching, they have the experience with the players. Um, so the Texans are just. I mean, they're a dangerous team. They can upset some people. They can make some people scratch their heads and piss some people off. Oh. Tell me you wanted my phone. Oh, okay. hold on a second. Sorry. My, you're good. My, you're good. my videos started playing randomly. There we go. Commercials. Um, but no, the, the Texans will make you scratch your head. They're not. Uh, they're not good enough to be. They maybe maybe squeak into the playoffs, but they're not going far if they do. The Bengals are still a team that can go into the playoffs and cause some damage. They have that experience, and this is this is not a great loss for them. It's a great win for the Texans to show like what is gonna what's coming. I think the Texans are kind of on the rise next year. They get some more pieces in. Watch out for this team. Demico Ryan's is a good team. Yeah. I kind of feel like the Bengals are in a similar position to the Bills where, like, it's kind of desperation mode from here on out. I trust the Bengals a lot more than I trust the Bills, though, to, to kind of to string some wins together and get into the playoffs just because, of, like you said, that experience. They've been to a Super Bowl. Like, this Bills team has never even gotten to the Super Bowl. They've been to two AFC championships. Like, they know how to win big games. Mm-hmm. Um but like I said, that's a that was a loss that should not have happened. Um, and it'll, and if they end up missing the playoffs, they're that's kind of what they're going to look back on, like letting this one get away. But with that said, a lot of credit to the Texans. Moving on to, in my opinion, what was the game of the week? Uh, Lions Chargers. The Lions in a shootout defeated the Chargers by a score of. 
41 to 38, I want to say. That, I believe that was the final score. Uh, Justin Herbert had his best game of the season through four touchdowns, no picks. It was not enough as the Chargers defense could not stop Jared Goff in the Lions running game. Jameer Gibbs scored two touchdowns. David Montgomery had a long touchdown run. And the Detroit Lions are 7-2. and two. I mean, I, I figured the Lions were going to be good this year. I did not envision them being seven and two at this point of the year. The Chargers fall to four and five, just kind of waddling around in mediocrity, much like they've done for most of the last decade or so outside of a few seasons. And so, yeah, I mean, like the Jacks and I predicted this game. We both picked it, predicted the Lions to win. I did not think it'd be this big of a shootout. Um, I'm going to start off with this one. I I think the Lions I think the Lions are a team that how do I say this if they were to play Philadelphia or San Francisco in the playoffs I would not pick them to win that game largely due to experience now most the most players in that roster have no playoff experience their quarterback does though Jared Goff has been to a Super Bowl Super, it was kind of a while ago, but he's been in that game. He's won big games. He um, won a game against the Saints on the road in the NFC Championship all those years back. Um, but like, I just don't think they're as they're, I don't think they have the talent to win those games. With that said, it would not shock me if the Lions went into Philadelphia or San Francisco if they're a lower seed than them and won that game because I just think they have so many ways to beat you. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. They were not good defensively in this game, but they've been their defense has been above average for most of the season. Like the Lions, I think, have been the team that have like exceeded expectations the most this year. Even though they had high expectations, I did not think they would be like in the conversation for a top two or three team in their conference. They're, they, I think this is more about them than the Chargers. Like I said, the Chargers were phenomenal offensively. I mean, the Chargers' defense was terrible, but that's nothing new. I mean, that's kind of par for the course at this point. Um, so, yeah, the Lions are a dangerous team. And if you're if you're the Eagles, and Jackson and I are very high in the Eagles, we both predicted them to win the Super Bowl. Like, you're a better team, but, like, if you're in the NFC Championship game or the divisional round and you said that you see the Lions in their schedule, mm-hmm. I'm not exactly looking forward to playing that game. Just because like they do a lot of things really well. They're well coached. Absolutely not. Yeah. You 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 see Detroit on your schedule, you are no, a bad Absolutely not. They have a quarterback who's won big games. Alex for Alex is Alex is a Rams fan, for anyone who doesn't know. Goff with the Rams won big games there, made a Super Bowl. He knows how to win in the playoffs. So, like, that matters, even though the rest of that roster doesn't have that experience. I think that matters because the quarterback's most important position. So, this is a huge win for the Lions. And, um, yeah, that's kind of like my whole take there. I, they are they are a team – they are a really, really good football team, and they've proven that the entire season. Yeah, I think you uh, covered it just fine there. You covered it good. Um, was a really, really fun game to watch. I uh, – <laughs> I was actually out running and I had the game playing on my phone and in my ear and listened to it, but really, really fun game to, to watch back and forth affair. Um, you just knew the chargers were going to find a way to lose rather than find a way to win. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they, they put up an ad- admirable effort though. Um, I still think Justin Herbert's playing outstanding. I know you kind of laughed at that earlier, but I, yeah. I still think he's playing like if his team was better, if he was on like, I don't know, 
if he was on the let's whatever team, whatever playoff contend team you want to put in, uh, the Steelers. If he was yeah, on the Steelers, he was on the Steelers. Keep getting yeah. MVP talks, like oh for sure. So I think he is getting overlooked a little bit, just a little bit, but um, he he can't save the Chargers. Let's be honest. No, because. I mean, who can? I mean, that they they just like I said, they just find new and inventive ways to lose every game. With a second, the second, Herbert took him down, found Keenan Allen, who had another huge game mm-hmm. for the game tying for the game tying touchdown. I sat there, I was watching the game, like the Lions are going to march right down the field, like it's nobody's business. Sure enough, that's what happened. Didn't even have to try. Like they they looked it looked like the varsity playing JV on the Lions game winning drive against the Chargers defense, which just continues to stink year after year after year. It's just it's never ending. Um, so yeah, Alex, where are you at with this game? Um, you seem to agree with my take on the Lions. What is the ceiling for this team? I mean, they're a really dangerous team. I think they can go deep in the playoffs. Uh, they have enough talent to potentially like upset some people and maybe even win a Super Bowl. Um, that's got to come together a little bit later in the season. I can't quite call that right now, but yeah. the talent is there. Like weapons, weapons, weapons. They got weapons all over the field. Goff has everybody and anywhere he can throw it to. Um, unfortunately, my roommate, he's a Chargers fan, so we both like the two really bad Los Angeles teams here in the NFL. But um, yeah, he was he was struggling on Sunday watching that. Like again, the offense, Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert, sensational duo. Herbert absolutely. I mean, on his own, he should probably be in uh, some MVP conversations. But that's what I said. Like yeah, exactly. Like on his own, he could easily do it. He yeah. just he doesn't have a defense. Like, but the team record, they'll, they'll look at that and be like, yeah, I can't yeah. happen. So, it's, I mean, it's like the Heisman in college football. Yeah. Your, your team's not winning, you're not winning the MVP. Well, that's why Caleb Williams is not going to win this year because the USC's defense can't stop me. So, <laughs> um, I, Alex, one bragging right you have over your roommate, the Rams won a Super Bowl not long ago. So you can say. Is, oh, yeah. That's my very true. I, I hold that over him quite regularly. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, this the Lions are they're for real. As for the Chargers, I mean, same old, same old. I think that's kind of like the wrap from this game. Really, really fun game though. Very high scoring affair. That's my favorite kind of game to watch. That largely wraps up Week Ten. A lot of close games. A um, lot of players who stood out. So we're going to go through our period of awards and give our players of the week. Uh, Jack, I'll let you start off this one. Okay. Um, my player of the week is CD Lamb who broke records on Sunday. Um, he put up, uh, he had 11 receptions for 150 yards, a touchdown and a rushing touchdown. And he's the first player in NFL history to catch at least 10 passes uh, with 150 yards in three straight games. So uh, that, that speaks for itself. Uh, the offense just seems to be running through him uh, more and more each week. And at the same time, they're spreading it around and they're getting more receivers involved. They're getting their tight ends involved. And they're they're the Cowboys offense is looking like a pretty tough offense to stop right now. Um granted it was against the Giants, but yeah, I was just about to say. <laughs> but still, like the Giants, they have a respectable defense in my opinion. Like it's not great, but it's not a terrible defense in my opinion. It's it's better than their offense, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good pick. CD CD Lamb had a day. Um I'm going to go with Patrick Sertan, who last night uh, when lined up on Stefan Diggs, 
allowed one catch for seven yards. Patrick Sertan, in my opinion, is the best cornerback in the league. The guy is just been a stud ever since he's come to the NFL. He gets overlooked because he plays for the Broncos and they don't get a lot of national exposure because they haven't been winning recently. Um, but that guy's just an absolute stud um, and should should be in the conversation should for first team all pro again this year. So Stefan Diggs is one of the game's best and he did nothing when lined up against uh, PS2 as Broncos fans call him. So Patrick Sertan gets my week 10 player of the week. That's an interesting pick. Yeah, it's kind of an under the radar one because you know I kind of look. I I was kind of struggling with it, um, and then I looked. I saw that right before we recorded. I'm like, yeah, I, I got to shout him out for this one. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, my okay, I'm, I'm gonna give two. My second one's more just kind of a, a nod because he's been playing well and nobody really notices. So he doesn't actually get the full player of the week honor. But uh, Brian Robinson out of Washington, uh, he. Had, um, he just he runs really well. Uh, I don't think they rush him enough, but he's a great receiving back. He had 119 and a touchdown receiving on six catches against the Seahawks. So just a nod to him that he's been playing really well and somebody notices, and it's myself. Um, but then I'm gonna I'm gonna give um. We talked about Dak and CD, so I'm going I'm to leave that one alone just because we got that one covered. I'm going to give it to Jared Goff. Like, he's yeah. commanding this offense well. He's using his weapons. He's throwing the ball in such, like, he's not he's not making any bad decisions with it. He's really smart with it. He has five interceptions all season. He's got 2,500 yards. He's been completing the passes. Like, uh, he's around 70% completion at every game almost. Um, so he's just making really good decisions um, and you, and helping this Lions team really reach their full potential. That's a good one. Jared Goff, uh, Jack gave him his player of the week uh, weeks back. Um, outside of that one game against the Ravens, he's had, he's having a hell of a season and has yeah. really kind of revitalized his career. After things did not end particularly well with the Rams, gets traded to the Lions as a terrible first season there. But these last couple seasons, he's, show, he's showing why he was the first overall pick, really. You know, yeah, he, absolutely. he's a very talented quarterback. Uh, so good for Jared Goff. Um We'll, we'll see how he does down the rest of the year, down the stretch this season. So that kind of wraps it up, completely wraps it up for week 10. Moving on to week 11, we have some really good matchups to preview here. Starting off with the first matchup of the week, we have the Ravens and the Bengals uh, playing on Thursday night football. Two AFC North teams, two really good AFC North teams coming off two really, really bad losses. So both these teams will be pretty. Uh, pretty uh, motivated for this game and they also do not like each other probably pretty uh, significant rivalry here uh alex i'll let you kick this off right here um with thoughts on the game who do you think is going to win what are some big matchups like what are you looking for in this game i'm really looking forward to um the ravens defense the ravens pass rush and how they get in joe burrow's face um that's one thing about the Ravens defense is they are very solid. They just don't have the most intimidating pass rush that they used to have back in the day. And that's something I'm looking forward to in this game because although the Bengals are a great team, although the Bengals play really well, they still give up a good amount of sacks. They still give up a lot of pressure to Joe Burrow. He's forced to run out of the pocket a lot. And I think that Ravens defense will put a lot of pressure, but they contain teams really well. That's one of their biggest strengths. They may not rush all the time, but they contain quarterbacks and they contain the run game very, very well. 
So that's probably going to be my biggest matchup is just how that Bengals offense kind of navigates what the Ravens defense are going to do. And then, I mean, honestly, this Ravens team, they would be eight and or nine and one if Lamar's maybe even 10 and zero if Lamar's receivers would catch the damn ball. I mean, there's so many plays. There's so many games that they've had where they're just, there's so many drops. And I watched, I mean, I was watching that game a little bit on Sunday and when they played against, um, when, sorry, when they lost, who'd they have? I just, I just blanked again. Um, Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. Against Cleveland. And Lamar dropped an amazing pass on a wheel route to the running back. And it literally fell straight through his hands and he was kind of being face guarded. So he lost track of it, but it was in his chest. It was right on top of the numbers around the defender over the top of him and the receiver and the running back dropped it. And we've, we've seen that time and time again. So if the Ravens receivers will catch the ball, this team can win uh, by a touchdown, maybe even two scores. So I got the Ravens winning. I think they show up uh, at home kind of kind of angry after those, those tough loss. And like I said, that defense is going to put some pressure on Joe Burrow. All right, Jack. Ooh, the Ravens, huh? Uh, I like the fact that this game is being played in Baltimore for the Ravens. Um, I feel like that could be a big, big advantage in this game. I like uh, the, the Ravens defensive line coming up against that Bengals offensive line. Um, I do think they could wreak a lot of havoc and get pressure in Joe Burrow's face. And I don't know if Burrow's really proven us this year that he can throw with a lot of pressure in his face, especially with that, uh, that injury that he's going through. Um, so I think that could cause a lot of problems for him. Um, we'll see if T Higgins plays. He didn't play last week. Um, he's a big time receiver for them that he Burrow needs to take some pressure off of uh, Jamar Chase. But uh, I, I agree with your pick there. I, I think I think the Ravens are going to pull this one out. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty close game. I, I think it's going to be a defensive battle. But we've seen Bengals and Ravens games in the past, like recent past. They've been high scoring, so it could go either way uh, with the scoring, but. I think I think the Ravens are gonna are gonna eat this one out, and I think uh, the Ravens get back to running the ball a little bit more and, and using some play action and uh, you know easy easy throws for for Lamar to make. Um, so I'm gonna pick the Ravens here uh, to win by a score of twenty to seventeen. Twenty two. Okay, so you guys both have the Ravens. Um, well, I'm going to be the contrarian and take the Bengals. Uh, and here's why. Um, I think I talked about this last week. The Bengals have more ways to win games. Like if the Bengals, the Bengals can win the game strictly by their passing game with Burrow and Chase and um, Higgins is not playing this game, but they have other quality receivers. Uh, they can win defensive battles, like low scoring defensive games. They can win games where they just need to, you know, manage the clock, manage field position, and then kind of let their kind of like be conservative offensively. They can win those kind of games. Baltimore needs to play certain way. Like Baltimore needs to play like a type of game where they get a huge lead and they'll just let their defense just tee off on the opposing quarterback because they're forced to throw the ball. 
Um, they have struggled in close games throughout Lamar's tenure there, and that's largely due to their their limited passing attack, which is not Lamar Jackson's fault. It's more so the receivers' fault. Now their receivers are better this year than they have been in previous years, but that's kind of reared that kind of things reared its head in multiple games this year. It reared its head against the Browns. Once the Browns started to claw back into that game, and the Ravens couldn't just kind of like flow and run the ball and eat clock. They struggled, and they remember ended up. That, remember that, that pick six was a tipped pass. Exactly. Yes. Um, so, I think the I think the Bengals. I also think the Bengals in the past have shown have responded better to adversity because the Ravens last season were leading the division for most of the year. They had a, and then they kind of fell apart down the stretch, and that was always largely due to Lamar getting hurt. Um, they've had seasons where like they've lo- they would lose one game, and then it would kind of spiral. They, it, it just would not feel the same for the rest of the year. The Bengals, when they have a bad loss, because they last year they had a terrible loss against the uh, Browns. They got blown out in primetime against the Browns, didn't lose a game for the rest of the year until the AFC Championship. So I think they've they've shown in their history, they've shown that they could respond better to adversity than Baltimore can. Now, I think both teams are really good. I think this is going to be a fantastic game. And I think these are – I don't know if you guys two, – you two guys agree with me. I think these are the two best quarterbacks in the league, not named Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion. I think both these guys are phenomenal. I think they're both going to have a huge game. Um, but I think the Ravens kind of the, the, the Bengals will force the Ravens to, to a type of game that they don't want to play. And that will be the difference there. So I'm going to say Cincinnati 27, Baltimore 20 on kind of like a late touchdown to make the score closer than it is. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree with you on your quarterback take there. I think uh, Lamar has definitely overtaken Josh Allen at this point. So um yeah, I, I I agree with that that take of yours. At so. this point, at this point, Lamar's always been better than Josh Allen. I like Josh Allen a lot. I think he's a great, great quarterback. But Lamar and Lamar has been sensational his entire career, minus his injuries. He's always been a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's always had good throws. He's dangerous with his legs, obviously. He's such an overlooked quarterback. He I won agree. that MVP for a reason, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would I would take both Lamar and Joe Burrow over Josh Allen. Like not bash Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's fourth, by the way. But like his, like I said, he struggled early in his career, whereas Lamar was an MVP, unanimous MVP in his first full season as a starter. So I think he should definitely be ranked ahead of Allen at this point. Um, and he's been great this year when his receivers, like Alex, when his receivers catch the ball. They don't catch. They don't and catch the ball. And I think he's going to play well in this game, but I just think Joe Burrow is going to play a little better. Like, because I think, I think watching Burrow, I watched his post game press conference after that Texans game. I, I, I would not be shocked if he throws for like 350 yards and four touchdowns in this game. Hopefully. He, regardless of how good the Ravens' defense is, I think he's going to have one of those games. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go against you guys and take uh, Cincinnati. Moving on to a game that if you told me five weeks ago that we'd even like give the time of day, I would have told you you're nuts. And that's the Sunday night football game between the Broncos and the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings are now six and four uh, with the Pasternot under center, Josh Dobbs, who's looked great ever since being traded there. And then the Broncos, as we mentioned earlier, all of a sudden four and five winners of three straight and just looking outside of the playoff picture. 
Um, Jackson, I'll let you kick this one off. Okay. I, I, I'm very I, – like I said, I would not have envisioned just uh, previewing this game, but all of a sudden it looks like a matchup that will have some implications. So what's your thoughts here, and who do you think is going to win? This is a big-time game. Um, two teams coming off huge wins. I did not expect the Vikings to beat the Saints. Uh, we, You and I both picked the Saints, I think, last week. Yeah, we did. So, I picked the Saints, too. Yeah. On my own. I wasn't here, but I picked them. <laughs> oh, I believe it. Uh, yeah, I, they they had a pretty comfortable lead in that game, too. I didn't, the Saints had to make a comeback with Jameis Winston. Um, Jameis Yolo Winston. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm very impressed with what I'm seeing from Dobbs. It's it's pretty pretty impressive for him to do this with limited time with the team and their defense is getting better like they're pretty damn good defense now um which i would not have expected that uh so um as far as this game is is goes um i'm liking the vikings in this game um i'm liking what i'm seeing from dobbs as i said um I, it's just something about their offense and with, when Dobbs gets on the run and he, he escapes the pocket and he, he gets to the outside and makes plays. I just feel like he makes good decisions. He makes good reads. He's relying on Hawkinson um, and that that short passing game with Hawkinson and getting the run game involved, going a little bit. Um, I think that they're going to pull out the win in this one. I, I'm just – I have faith in the Vikings more than I do the Broncos. And I do think the Vikings defense could pose some problems for Russell Wilson um, and, and the Broncos offense. But, um, yeah, I'm liking the Vikings in this one. Uh, I think it will be a close game. Um, it's probably going to be cold in Denver this weekend. Um so I'm going to take the Vikings to win this one 24 to 16. All right. I'll, I'll go this way. I'll go next. I'm going to keep this short and sweet because like my mouth is killing me. Um, Your champ. Yeah. Uh, I, this is a tough one. It's in Denver. So that, that gives the Broncos some advantage. I, well, that's, I like the way the Broncos have played. Like they've, they didn't give up on the season. They've done enough to put themselves back in it. I think that kind of that little run ends here. I think the Vikings are – the Vikings have not lost since week five. They're the hottest team in football right now in terms of winning streak. Um, I think – I can't say enough about the coaching job that Kevin O'Connell has done to keep this team together. After, not after Justin Jefferson got hurt. Uh, they lost their quarterback for the season. Bringing this guy in that the Cardinals had apparently had no use for. Um, and he's – Josh Dobbs is essentially – he saved their season, really. I mean, they're 4-4. Four and four. They're, They lose their quarterback, and now – they're right in the playoff picture. Um, I think they're going to continue that momentum, and I think they're going to beat the Broncos. And I, I don't think it's going to be a particularly close game. I'm going to say Vikings 24, Broncos 13. Um, yeah, that's kind of my 50,000 foot view on it. I just think Josh Dobbs is kind of the story of the NFL right now. Um, what a story that is. I mean, the guys played on basically every team, and here he is saving the Vikings season. And I think uh, he'll get them to seven and four uh, in prime time. Uh, so everyone can see what the past or not's all about. So I'm going to go Vikings in this one. 
I like the picks. I like the reasoning. I think Josh Jobs has been sensational in his couple games with the Vikings. Um, but there's a plateau there, and this is where I'm going to come in. Uh, dangerous game on the road with the Broncos. The Broncos are also a hot team. And Oh, I forgot to mention, sorry to interrupt you, Alex. Russell Wilson's like quietly like – I'm not saying he's back to what he was in Seattle, even though I'm predicting his team to lose. <laughs> Little shout out to Russell Wilson. He has 18 touchdowns and four interceptions this Again, year. That, see, this is that's where I'm going with this. Like, I'm sorry. I forgot, with this, I forgot to shout out Russell Wilson. So he's bounced back, and it's proven that uh, Nathan, uh, Nathaniel Hackett's coaching was a bigger problem than he was last year. So. Again, that, that's where I'm going with this. Like Everybody... Again, it's it's a little shaky start with uh, Sean Payton and had to get some feet on her. But one thing I noticed watching the Vikings-Saints game, and I really thought the Saints were going to go and win that and come back, especially because in the second half, when Jameis Winston came in, he got hot, he threw the couple touchdown passes, and the entire fourth quarter, the Saints were just playing stupid. They threw the ball everywhere, and they needed to run. Camaro was getting like seven, eight yards a carry, and they didn't run the ball. They yeah, had two, three straight drives where they had three passes, three and out, and done, or a few passes and an interception. And I'm like, if they would have ran the ball, I think the Saints win that fourth quarter, and they win the game. The Broncos, they were running the ball. They're running the ball very well. Javante Williams is healthy, and that opens up Russell Wilson in his play-action game. You saw it against the Bills last night. Russell Wilson is hot. The Broncos are hot. The run game's coming alive with Javante Williams back in the lineup. Broncos win at home. Uh, It's going to be close, but I I like the Broncos at home. Give me 24-20. All right. So now now that we got that kind of out of the way, we have the game of the year, a rematch of the Super Bowl, which is rare. Doesn't last Super Bowl rematch in the following season, I believe was 2017. So it's been a while since this has happened. Uh, Monday Night Football, Kansas City, Chiefs, Eagles. um, I mean, not much more needs to be said. I mean, that this game. uh, Well, you forgot to mention Taylor Swift, but. Oh yeah, that thanks, Alex. I forgot. <laughs> and uh, I need Taylor Swift there for as a Travis Kelsey fantasy owner because in games that Taylor Swift is not at, he turns into uh, I, I don't know what he turns into um, a pumpkin. Basically, yeah. I was I was trying to think of like some like no name tight end. I couldn't think of one. Tony um, Smith. Sure. Apparently, although Arthur Smith apparently thinks Jonu Smith's better than Kyle Pitts uh, as a Kyle Pitts fantasy owner. Uh, so that's kind of off script script there. Um, I'll let you guys uh, go with this one first. Um, like I said, game of the year, Super Bowl rematch should be a lot of fun. Alex, I'll let you kick this one off. What are you looking for? And the Eagles avenge what happened back in February. This is going to be a good one. I mean, both of these teams are probably the two best teams in the NFL right now. Chiefs have been a little shaky. Uh, you saw that well, again right before their bye week with the Broncos. But one of the most important things is they're coming out of a bye. They have an extra week of rest here. Um, the, the Eagles were off too, I think, though. Actually. Yeah, they're both they're, they're, okay, they're, yeah. Sorry. They're coming off the bye. Yeah, both teams. Okay, so both teams are well rested, coming off the bye, getting healthy. Um, if you look at this kind of one of the interesting stats to look at is just straight up passing stats. Hertz has the rushing touchdowns with the brotherly shove and everything, but straight up passing stats. 
Hertz has 2,300, a little over 2,300 yards, almost 2,350, 15 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Mahomes, about 2,450 yards, 17 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Neither of them are playing like their best ball. Um, A.J. Brown's the biggest factor in this. If the Chiefs defense, which has been very underrated this year, very, very good defense, they've won a lot of games because of their defense. Um, A.J. Brown's the factor. They got to shut him down. They got to cover him as much as possible. You want to do double team safety over the top as much as possible with him. The big question mark, kind of like the Ravens, I think the Ravens and the Chiefs have the same problem. Weapons everywhere, great offense, really good defense. Who's going to catch the ball? Who outside of Travis Kelsey is going to catch the ball? Lamar Jackson throws to Mark Andrews the most because Mark Andrews catches the ball. But his receivers don't catch the ball. Mahomes' receivers don't catch the ball. If they can start catching the pass, which I think they will in the back half of the season, the Chiefs always get hot late November, December. Um, This is when they start winning a lot of their games and winning well. So I think they win at home. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, The Eagles have plenty of fight and plenty of fire to make this a game. But I think the Chiefs start to get things figured out on offense. And somebody's going to catch the ball eventually. Mahomes throws throws it where it needs to be. If they can shut down A.J. Brown, they win this game. I'll give the Chiefs a field goal win, 27-24. I think I'm going to have to disagree with your pick there. I respect the pick, but I I just have too much faith in the Eagles going on the road. Um, I don't know if the Chiefs quite have it figured out yet on offense. And I think that Eagles defense is respectable enough to where they can slow the Chiefs down on offense and the Eagles offense can uh, produce a little bit more. I have a little bit more faith in the Eagles offense because even if the Chiefs shut down A.J. Brown, I still think there are other weapons that the Chiefs have to handle. And I think that Hurts will will recognize that and maybe throw a little bit more to – I think this could be a big Devontae Smith game, you know. Um, with Snead covering uh, Brown. Um, but I, so having said all that, I do think it's going to be close. I think Patrick Mahomes, X Factor, um, he's going to keep his team in the game. Um, I think, I think this is going to be more of a defensive battle. You know, um, I feel like most people will probably think this is going to be a shootout and a lot of points scored, all that. But I think it's going to be more of a, defense, a defensive game. And I think it's going to be a field goal difference. So I'm going to take the Eagles to win 17 to 14. Wow. 17, <laughs> 14. Yep. That's, uh, I, I respect it. So the Super Bowl score is 38, 35. And then the rematch is 17, 14. That would, uh, yeah, I know it's different, but that's very different. I, I like that pick. Neither team runs the ball very well. So it's yeah. like a lot of heavy pass package yeah. and that bodes well for a defensive game. Okay. And, and both the Chiefs defense, as Alex mentioned, the Chiefs have one of the best, have like a top three defense in the league. The Eagles defense, statistically, their passing defense has not been great, but they just have so much talent on that side of the ball. I think they'll figure it out. Although I do not think it'll be this will be the game in which they figure it out because of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes off a of bye. Um, the Chiefs are 7-2, and two, yet they've been kind of choppy offensively this year. I have to tell you, Patrick Mahomes' numbers – are down from what they usually are. I think that's largely due to the receivers. This is the worst receiving core he's ever had outside of Travis Kelsey. I think he's going to go absolutely off in the second half of the season, and it will start in this game, and it will be the reason why the Chiefs 
uh, will win this game. Um, I think a big X factor for the Chiefs is Rasheed Rice, their rookie wide receiver out of SMU. He's been like their most productive guy. Now he drops a pass here and there, but he has been by far their best wide receiver this year. The Eagles have struggled against the pass this season. I think Rasheed Rice could have a big game, especially if um, they they put him in favorable matchups, which Andy Reid, no one's better than, than that, better at doing that than Andy Reid. Um, so I think the Mahomes could continue to light up the Eagles' pass defense, which has happened to them more than you would expect this year. Sam Howell had big numbers against them twice. They gave up yards to Dak. Um, so I think Patrick Mahomes is going to show why he's Patrick Mahomes in this game. But I do think the Eagles' offense is the it's by far the best offense or at least the most like the offense that can beat you in the most ways that the Chiefs defense has played this year. The Chiefs defense is sensational. I mean, they held the Dolphins offense, which is the highest scoring offense in the league, to just 14 points. One, uh, one of those 14, uh, seven, half of those 14 points, I should say, was off a turnover. So they gave up like one legitimate drive in that game. But like I said, the Eagles' passing game is starting to really click. A.J. Brown has just been going off all year. Devontae Smith starting to find his way. They, they will not have Dallas Goddard in this game. Style so hurt a little bit. But Jalen Hurts has really started to come on these last few weeks. Um, last three games before the bye, he was starting to put up good numbers again. Started to look like the guy he was last year. What I think the... What I think the Eagles, why they'll ultimately fall short is that they're going to have to force be one dimensional because I think the Chiefs offense is going to find their way in this game. So it's going to be for, it's going to force them to pass more, which means they will not be able to lean on their great offensive line. They won't be able to like lean on DeAndre Swift, who's been pretty good this season. Um, so I think I think it's going to be a high scoring game. But I think eventually the Eagles will have to like they're they're going to be a constant mode of catch up, which will be the reason why they lose, um, and will why it will kind of pull away late. So I'm going to say Chiefs 34, Eagles 27. I think it's going to be a really good game, and I think the Chiefs' offense is this will be the game they arrive because they're off a bye at home in prime time against uh, a great opponent. So yeah, that's kind of my fifty thousand foot view of that. I like your logic there and your reasoning, um, but I just I think it's going to be defense defensive and and that's then all you can call me out next week, but <laughs> whatever. I mean that's a, that's a good choice too. I mean like that yeah. that's regardless. I think it's going to be a really good game, so um, should be fun. Super Bowl rematch, possible Super Bowl preview as well. So tune oh, yeah. in to that on Monday Night Football. So that kind of wraps everything up. Um, so we're going to go into our next segment and we're each going to give our top five MVP candidates 10 weeks into the season. Kind of, It's kind of this point of the year where the guys who are in the running for MVP just start to separate themselves. But that has not really been the case this year because it's been a down year for quarterbacks. Um, so it's, it, there's no there's no clear front runner at this point. So I'm interested to see who you guys say. Uh, Alex, I'm going to start with you. Like who rank one through five, top five MVP candidates uh, with eight weeks left to go in the season. Oh gosh, um, this is a tricky one. Uh, you, I'm going to go off the path a little bit just because I think they're guys who are going to break out a little bit more. I'm going to keep Mahomes and Hurts in my back pocket for now. They can easily change the script. But I'm going to go with five guys who actually, I think, could make an interesting 
run if we want to see a different face at um at MVP. Uh in number five, I actually have Brock Purdy. I know okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a bunch of flack for it. Yeah, he's the young guy. Okay. But if you look at it, he's been playing really well. Yeah, he had the few bad games in the middle of the season. Come out of the bye, he looked really sharp. 73% completion, three TDs against a not bad Jacksonville team on the road, too. He's got just under just over 2,300 on the year, 15 TDs, five picks. He's got a lot of weapons that could help him put up yards pretty quickly. So that's why I have him in my five slot. There's a lot of potential for that team to go off. And I think the more he spends time with the guys, the better it gets. Um, four, I'm going to have A.J. Brown. I think uh, this is... This is probably the best year that a wide receiver could get it. So I actually have a few wide receivers um, in my mix. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna double up four. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna break the rules and put six people. But tied at four, I got C.D. Lamb and A.J. Brown because both of them have put up crazy numbers. C.D. Lamb not as many touchdowns, but I think those are to come. And then A.J. Brown is like he's unstoppable for any defense. Uh, Tyreek Hill, he's in my three spot. He's ahead of them because he's been just sensational as the quickest receiver to a thousand yards. He's got eight touchdowns on the year and it's only going to get better because the dolphins are going to be high flying and put up a lot of points. And then my number two, my number one are kind of interesting picks, both quarterbacks, Jared Goff. I think again, this Lions team weapons, weapons, weapons. They got a lot of opportunity. They're going to keep scoring a lot of points. He's going to keep putting up a lot of numbers. And if this team gets a good high playoff bid, you're looking at an MVP caliber year. And then this one is the one that's going to get everybody going all crazy, I think. Dak Prescott. Wow. (laughs) I know. I know. Yes, it's a cowboy. No, I do not want to root for the Cowboys, but I have always, always loved Dak Prescott. And again, that offense has weapons. That offense is starting to click and put it together. 17 TDs, six interceptions, uh, just over 2,400 yards, and he is completing a very high number of passes. Very, he's got 70% of passes so far this season completed. He runs when he needs to, really smart. He has a couple TDs on the ground. Like Dak is your is my number one for potential MVP so far this season. God, Watch imagine, out for Dak Prescott. Imagine the media reaction if Dak Prescott wins a league MVP. Right? Like, right? Yeah. That's, um, a good, that's a good story. Yeah. I'll give mine. Uh, so coming to number five, I have Jalen Hurts. As I mentioned, Jalen Hurts, first about six weeks of the year, kind of up and down, had some good games, had some not so good games, particularly that game against the Jets in week six. The last three games, though, against the Dolphins, Commanders, and Cowboys, he's looked sharp. He's thrown, I believe, eight touchdown passes to one interception. He's getting that passing game going. He's running that offense as efficiently as possible. Um, and, and the thing is, like, he's, he, he injured his knee against the Dolphins, so – He's not as effective as a runner, so he's doing it more as a passer. That's another development in his game that, like, if you watched him at Alabama and Oklahoma in his first couple years, he just, like, could not consistently beat teams from the pocket. He was able to start doing that last year. We saw it in the Super Bowl, that show that he put on the Super Bowl, and we're starting to see it again now. Um, he's really started to come on, but I have to ding him because he, he got off to a bit of a – just kind of a, you know – you know, quiet start. So that's why that's why he's only number five. But I would not be surprised if he um, 
starts getting it going even further the second half of the year. Four, I have Lamar Jackson. I know he just lost. I know he just threw a pick six, that bad pick six that was a big factor in his team losing. But the Ravens are seven and three. They don't have the receivers are better than they usually are, but they're still not great. And yet here he is just like elevating everybody around him. He still can dominate games as a runner. The Ravens have a good roster, but if you take Lamar Jackson off that team, they're not a playoff team even. Uh, And yet with him, they're seven and three and leading their division. Uh, He's been great most of the year. He's just had, he's had like maybe like one kind of mid game outside of that. He's been fantastic. He's just a very special player when he's healthy. So he's number four. Um, The reason he's only number four is because his volume stats aren't great and voters look at that. Um, But you can make a case he could be higher. Number three, CJ Stroud. I understand his team's only five and four, but when you consider the expectations, the Houston Texans in the last three years before CJ Stroud got there had won a total of 11 games. They have five wins this year. They're five and four. They're in the playoff picture. And he is just, he is, looks like a top five quarterback in the league as a rookie. And like he has guys, like his receivers are, he has some nice young receivers Nico Collins, Tank Bell, the rookie, uh, Dalton Schultz, the tight end, used to play for the Cowboys. Um, but it's not like you would not mistake that for an elite supporting cast. The offensive line's not great, and yet he goes out there and like has has had very very few moments where he's looked like a rookie quarterback this year. He's just I think he's sensational. I honestly think he's been the best quarterback in the league. Just looking at this season, looking at how the quarterbacks have played this season, I'd argue he's been the best quarterback in the league this year. That might be a bit of a hot take, but like he's. Has he had a single bad game this year? It feels like most of the other elite quarterbacks have had at least one bad game. I don't think C.J. Stroud has. Um, and it, so if he leads the Texans to the playoffs, he absolutely should be considered for MVP. My top two candidates are not quarterbacks. At two, I have Tyree Kill. Alex touched on this really well. Having one, having an all-time receiver season, um, just a nightmare for opposing defenses. If he gets to 2,000 yards, he should be considered. And at number one, I have Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns. I'm telling you right now, the Browns would not be six and three with without Miles Garrett. He has single handedly won them a decent number of games this year. He's just an absolute game record, just a nightmare for opposing offenses. Um, yeah, Miles Garrett. Like I don't know where the Browns would be without him. And when you look at their quarterbacks, like Deshaun Watson's been better recently, but he's been hurt most of the year. They started PJ Walker and won games with him. And who was the other quarterback they started? His name escapes me. Uh, UCLA. Rookie quarterback. Corey Thompson Robinson. Yeah, him. They he started a game. They lost that game. But like they have three different quarterbacks, and here they are six and three in the playoff picture, largely due to their defense. And that defense is so good, largely because of Miles Garrett. So this sounds crazy. I have a defensive end as my leading candidate for MVP, but that's kind of how this season's gone. So uh Jack, I'll let you finish it off. All right. Uh I'll roll through mine a little bit quicker, um, just to get it moving a little bit. But uh, for I'll start from the bottom. Uh, this one was hard. I I have Lamar Jackson at my number five, but I was debating Hertz, Mahomes, and Purdy, um, and Herbert. Uh, but I, I decided to give Lamar the edge here. Uh, he's twenty first in rushing yards right now, overall, but first for quarterbacks at four hundred eighty one yards. Um, he speaks for itself. 
like you said, they wouldn't be a playoff team without him. So uh, at number four, I have CJ Stroud, who is second in passing yards behind Sam Howell. Read that again. You, you probably, <laughs> probably didn't expect that. So, um, yeah, I got I got CJ Stroud at number four, but he's going to be in the race to the end if he can keep the Texans, you know, competing. So uh, at number three, I've got Miles Garrett, who is the sacks leader right now with eleven. Um, game wrecker. Uh, he carries that defense. He's the leader, unsung leader, um, especially considering where he came. from from a few years ago with that incident that he had versus the Steelers uh, to where oh, yeah. he almost killed Mason Rudolph. But um, I'll never forget that. I was watching that live. That was, um, that was, that was wild. Yes, it was, it was wild. But, uh, yeah, Miles Garrett at number three for me. He's my only defensive player in this, in this uh, category. Um, at number two, I've got uh, A.J. Brown who is second in receiving yards, only behind my number one. Um, he's got 1,005 receiving yards right now, which is – I think he's on pace for, like, some crazy number of yards, like 1,700, 1,800 yards, maybe even more than that. But he's a, he's a stud. He's, he's the Eagles' number one option. Um, he's going to keep getting the ball, and he's going to get 10-plus targets a game. So I don't see him falling off much. Um, at number one, I've got Tyreek Hill. Uh, I just think he's the most valuable, most valuable player to this point because he commands the most attention for defenses, in my opinion, out of any player in the league, um, more than a, more than a quarterback, which is saying something. Um, I, I just think that he commands the most attention and with that attention that he commands, it's rare that he is stopped. It's rare that he's shut down. Uh, I don't remember the last game that he had where he didn't make an impact and and have kept, you know, a few catches and, and yards. And I just feel like much much like AJ Brown, he's going to keep getting the ball and keep getting targets. Um, and he's he's going to be just a complete stud for the rest of the year. So I could see him winning it at the end. Yeah. And by the way, my prediction for MVP is Patrick Mahomes, and he wasn't even in the top five. Like as I alluded to earlier, I think he's I think he's going to throw like. 25 touchdowns and like two interceptions in the second half of the year. I don't but even remember who my preseason prediction was for MVP. You, it, yours was, was it Hurts? It was either Hurts or Burrow, I feel like. Mine I, was Burrow. Or, or Mahomes, maybe. I think I'm yours Mahomes. was Mahomes. I think you're, yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Jack Prescott. <laughs> um, I, like, look, man, like, like I said, outside of that 49ers game, Dak's been really good this year. He's bounced back nicely from last year, like where he threw a few too many interceptions. Um, but yeah, I, I I like Dak. I think he's I think he's an underrated quarterback um, and uh, very good player. And if he wins an MVP, I think a lot more people would respect him, in my opinion. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, uh, I'm gonna get. Uh, that's gonna be the end of the podcast. Uh, you guys got any final thoughts? Um, I cannot believe we're already going into week 11, uh, this season, like, I like basically every other season has flown by. So yeah, that, that's my thought. You got anything, Alex? A lot of good football left. Uh, don't count the bills out already. Owen. I know you're wanting to, but uh, don't count the bills out. There's still a lot of football left to be played. All right. All right. That's going to wrap it up for the latest edition of the unlimited NFL podcast. Uh, we will see you guys next time. Hey.